Peace up, Peace A-Town up. Down. Trey Bettler. And I am Xander Kobold. And that was Usher right there after a great Super Bowl, second overtime Super Bowl of all time. And the Chiefs fans were screaming, yeah, 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 after that uh, win over the Niners. We're going to get into all of that uh, regarding the Super Bowl and everything later in the episode today. But we'll give you the rundown on the show. We will do NFL news, Super Bowl recap. After that, we're going to get into some previews of some never-before-talked-about things on the show that I wanted to get into. Uh, We'll talk a bit more about depressing Mizzou basketball, talk about our fiery Mizzou softball team. Uh, We'll talk college basketball, women's college basketball, men's college basketball, college football for a little bit, and then, Xander, your wish comes true. We finally get to talk about Major League Baseball. Oh, my goodness. Baseball season is just around the corner. I cannot wait Let's get into football first. Yeah, let's definitely get into it. It was a very interesting uh, week, a lot of uh, fun week, honestly. You can say that again. I know. Uh, We'll talk about the NFL honors first. Um, Buddy, my Browns swept. Yeah, I I saw that, you know. Great job. Um, Had had a feeling Miles Garrett was going to win, but, you know, uh, you, you never know with these kind of decisions. And then uh, Coach of the Year, Kevin Stefanski, you know, good job there from uh, Stefanski and the Browns. Yeah, Miles Garrett winning Defensive Player of the Year for the Browns. Joe Flacco winning Comeback Player of the Year for the Browns. Kevin Stefanski winning Coach of the Year for the Browns. And then Jim Schwartz winning Assistant Coach of the Year for the Browns. So four Browns were up for awards, and all four Browns took the award home. Um no, it was pretty good overall. I mean, if you look at some of the other awards, they're pretty, I mean, understandable. I, I think my favorite award that they gave out was the uh, easy-to-celebrate moment of the year. Uh, the Bud Light e- easy-to-celebrate-moment of the year, uh, they gave that to Tommy DeVito. Ha, yeah, I, I saw that. That was, You know what? I like that. I, I like that they in, uh, involved that because there's a lot of football celebrations and touchdown end zone celebrations, and I'm glad that they were able to actually like pick a winner for that because that's something that I think people always overlook in football. Uh, yeah, it is. And uh, to no surprise, C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson won Offensive and Defensive Rookie of the Year. Texans had two best rookies in the league, uh, and that's also why they went to the divisional round of the playoffs. Yeah, you know. Um, it Overall, I think the honors awards were for sure uh, pretty – pretty good i mean i i enjoyed watching them and i didn't to be fair i didn't even know all these other awards i mean you look well, i didn't either and so that's why i was really trying to look at them and i was talking about them with you because it was like oh interesting like they have a category if you scroll all the way to the bottom of that page 
that you're on where you look at the results. There is a category called the angriest run of the year, and it went to Najee Harris. <laughs> but the the Pro Football Hall of Fame class was also uh, announced on Thursday night, and the two big ones that well the three is the three biggest ones that I. I enjoy seeing their names up there. It was Devin Hester, Julius Peppers, and uh, Patrick Willis. Patrick Willis was a beast for the 49ers for years. Oh yeah, without a doubt, one of the one of the best. Um, and you know, it was really nice also seeing Devin Hester in there. I mean, I feel like he's been robbed a few times in the past, and I feel like he should have been on that ballot like two years ago. But you know, he's finally in there now and finally getting his chance into the uh, into Canton. Exactly. And the other big name is Julius Peppers. Uh, Coming from Carolina, that that is a historic name around Charlotte. Uh, so Peppers played basketball and football for Chapel Hill, and then he you know, he's a Hall of Famer for the Panthers. So another big name into the into Canton for the Panthers, and uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year was Cameron Hayward from the Steelers. Uh, so it was a it was a fun night overall, and offensive player of the year it was not Lamar. He took home MVP, which to no surprise anyone deserved. Uh, that was deserved, but. You got it right. You uh, McCaffrey did win Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah, so. I, I kind of had a feeling. I mean, come on. I mean, he's been one of the most dominant running backs. In, Look, I got it right with the, the Browns winning the awards, and you got it right with Offensive Player of the Year. I thought Lamar might take it both, but, you know, because well, I mean, cause he had a, such good of a year. You know, it was a yeah. really great showing from Lamar all season long, and uh, there's not much else you can say about it. Yeah. But that was the NFL honors. Uh, the next thing you'll look at here is the draft order. With the season being over, the draft order is now official. So everything was pretty much set. The only thing that was not set was the final two. So the Niners will pick 31st since they lost in the bowl, and the Chiefs will pick last since they won the Super Bowl. Um, my team does not have a first-round pick yet again. We're still uh, waiting to get our first-round pick back after uh, <laughs> you know trading for Deshaun Watson. Which hopefully that works out later this year. Oh. Uh, we've got a, we've got some things to go, but I got faith in him. He's he's shown good flashes of that he can be uh, that old Deshaun Watson that was uh, MVP caliber. So I'm hoping that he can get back to that. We've seen it. Now he's just got to put it together and lock in, uh, and hope Joe Flacco doesn't take his job. Uh, but the Chargers will pick fifth in the draft. Xander, where do you think the Chargers will go? Because I honestly think they need either two things, and this is just from an outside perspective, so I want the inside perspective. The outside perspective, I see three things, a lineman, a receiver, or somebody on defense because you need like a corner or a safety. Yeah, the Chargers defense was a huge problem this year. Um, the A lot of the safeties, I mean, and no, obviously complete no, completely no offense to – uh, Sante Samuels, safety, or uh, Derwin James, I guess, did okay this year, you know, even so, even though he's supposed to be one of the top safeties in all the NFL. Um, but you know what? I feel like that they, since we have Jim Harbaugh now, and you're, we're looking for a kind of a defensive way, but I feel a uh, defense, but I'm also not opposed to getting more offense. Um, this year, the Chargers had uh, Gerald Everett as their, basically their starting tight end, and no offense to him, I thought he did. He had an okay season, but I think they kind of need to go more offensive this year. So I like getting. Um, currently, right now, they actually some predictions have the Chargers picking Brock Bowers um, for the fifth pick, and I'm I wouldn't be opposed to that. I'd be happy with that. Now, I would want if we don't get Bowers, I would want a um, offensive tackle too, because 
I just want that O line to stay strong, and I need that O line to stay strong for uh, Justin Herbert uh, next season. Yeah, you definitely need somebody to protect Herbert. He keeps getting hurt, and that's an issue. Uh, he tried to come. I mean, he got hurt earlier this season. Tried to come back, and then they shut him down. Um, but you know, I think the biggest issue that the Chargers have to um, deal with first is going to be that issue with the salary cap because they are $34.8 million yeah. over the salary cap. So that means uh, they're going to be having to restructure contracts, and if but if some guys don't want to do that, then they're going to be leaving. So you might have to say goodbye to Keenan Allen or somebody like that soon. Mm, I uh, don't know if I want to say goodbye to some of these guys who've been helping us for years. <laughs> hey, I, I get it. I mean, my Browns have a tough decision to make on whether they want to sign Amari Cooper or if they want to extend Nick Chubb. I think it's obvious, and you extend Nick Chubb, but uh, it really just depends on what the players are willing to take. And so, you know, with the off season officially beginning uh, yesterday and today being the second day, um, you know, we'll wait around till March when free agency opens up and everything. And then, you know, we'll figure it all out. And I know you and I are counting down the days to the draft because that's for most NFL fans, you get like a you get like a two month break and then you get the NFL draft and you're like, OK, cool. Now we get some now we get a little bit of more football back into our lives because we are going now six months without football. Yeah, I'm, it's it's going to be for if you're strictly just an NFL fan, hang in there. It's it's going to be one long off season, but as soon as you know it, once we get to August, things are going to start ramping up again. You should watch the UFL. We got we got a pretty good team here in St. Louis. The the Battle, Battle Hawks. Yeah, the Battle Hawks. Yeah. Where call is the law. <laughs> uh, I do want to look at this thing with the Eagles. Uh, there's some drama going on in Philly right now. Uh, yesterday, uh, the Eagles. I think it might have. It might have been two days ago. I thought it was the day of the Super Bowl. Maybe. I I think it from it when they're the when they're before. talking about. It might have been the day before the Super yeah, Bowl. So Saturday, uh, the Eagles gave uh, their linebacker Hassan Reddick permission to seek a trade, and today. Hassan Reddick has come out and said that uh, he didn't actually ask for a trade and he's ready to see uh, how the future unfolds for the Eagles. And so now I'm now I'm confused. Hassan Reddick is one of the best linebackers in the league. Uh, I mean, he's been a pro bowler in both of his year. This was only his second year. Uh, he had 11 sacks, 23 quarterback hits and 13 tackles for a loss in a pack in a pass in the past defense. So, I mean, he was he's one of the league's most underrated free agent signings. I mean, he I don't know, man. This is I I can't I you know, it's it's really tough to figure out the whole story, but you you never really know. I mean, communications could have been off with both parties and with his maybe with his agent too could have been uh, a factor into this. My apologies. It's not his second year in the league. He's been here for a little while, but it's his second year with the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's such a strange situation, and I wish I could really talk on this, but I, I, I don't. I can't say anything about what's going on because I'm not. I'm not there. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, because he's on a three-year, forty-five million dollar deal with the Eagles uh, that he signed during the 2022 offseason. Uh, and his comment on X was never asked for a trade. However, I do understand it's a business preparing for whatever is next. Um, so no hard feelings from Reddick, but it still seems a lot of stuff's up in the air, and it, it it feels like a very weird situation that I know I am happy is not 
the deal with my team. I mean, <laughs> my team's figuring their own stuff out, and I'm glad they seem to be on the same page at the moment. Yep. Um, basically, headline is business is business. It, it, <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, the, it, that's shortened, shortened down right there. Yeah, that that basically is what it is. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Business is business, and you know, you you forget about it sometimes because you know it's a it's sports. So it's the National Football League, and you think you know this is just sports. They're all playing. They're having a good time. We're watching it, but a lot of you, a lot of us forget that this is a business and people's lives depend on this and so you know the eagles have to make business decisions on what's best for them i mean if they are if the salary cap becomes an issue hassan reddick might be the guy that they get rid of just because of money yep um definitely seems to be a weird scenario there but hey um we're going to see where reddick will go this offseason and it's going to be definitely an interesting story yeah they will and uh now going to uh, coordinator talk. We've been talking about coaching changes and coordinators and this and that every week so far. And you know, we'll give you probably I feel like one of the final uh, coordinator talks because I think a lot of the teams are kind of slowing down all of that. They've pretty much filled all their head coaching spots, so we're kind of starting to slow down on all the coaching changes. But the final one is the Seahawks. They, they're going to hire their new offensive coordinator. It's going to be the former uh, commander's offensive coordinator, Ryan Grubb. So Grubb is gone from the commanders. He's going to Seattle. Um, Ooh. They're going to hire the, – the Seahawks will hire Aiden Durd, the Cowboys assistant, uh, as their defensive coordinator. Uh, they got a rookie head coach in Mike McDonald. Um, I mean, Grubb was, I mean, he was, I don't know. I don't know how that is. I'm not a big fan. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't, uh, to be fair, I don't really like Actually, this Actually, hold on, wait a second. He's not from the Commanders. He's from the University of Washington. Oh, so he's actually not Whoops. leaving the state, and he's actually just slotting on down to Seattle. Yeah, I, I, as soon as I saw Washington, I think that was the problem. As soon as I saw well, Washington, I, we well, were thinking, no, well, it's Commanders. Well, because you think NFL and you yeah. think Commanders. No, but of course. Then again, the in, Kayla DeBoer and you know the entire Washington program has gone up in flames. So right. uh, Grubb is leaving them because uh, he accepted the offensive coordinator and quarterback's coaching position for Alabama. Um and then he pulled out of that and said, all right, I'm going to go to the Seahawks instead now. So DeBoer won't be getting his old OC to come with him. He'll be getting uh, the guy who coached Michael Penix last year. will be going to the Seahawks. So uh, when we get close to the draft, I definitely keep an eye out for the Seahawks trying to draft Penix maybe um, just with some uh, familiarity. And, you know, I don't know how long they're going to stick with Geno Smith. Yeah, you know, Last year, Geno Smith for sure had one of the most surprising, I think he won comeback player of the year last year, uh, seasons, led him to the Super Bowl. I mean, ah, why did I say Super Bowl? Because um, I, I Probably because I have Super Bowl on my mind, but uh, led him to the uh, playoffs and thought, thought they had a chance, really did think, thought they had a chance, but uh, uh, fortunately fell short to the 49ers last year. Um, but... You know, I think that this is not this isn't the worst pickup. I think for the uh, Seahawks, they need this kind of leadership and someone from the University of Washington who has a great resume and went to the national championship last year. 
I I think this is a you know a solid pickup for Seattle, and we're just gonna have to see where this goes next e- year. Exactly. And so, uh, Grub will leave Washington and go to Seattle. Won't leave the state, and you know it'll be good for him. And he's got a heck of a bunch of weapons: Charbonnet, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Kenneth Walker. I mean, they the list goes on. He's got a lot of weapons to work with. Uh, watch out for the Seahawks next year. Ah, yeah. The uh, Seahawks are always always a team to always look out for every year. They're kind of silent. Yeah, they kind of are. But all right, let's get to it. It's going to take a little while, so we'll, let's have fun with it. Super Bowl 58. Kansas City Chiefs. Let's just say I was not a fan of this outcome. Uh, I know I was. Aiden was too. As you, if you saw my video, oh, I posted it on Twitter. Um, that uh, from my little watch party I did with my girlfriend and Aiden, uh, we watched the Super Bowl. Aiden was pacing around. This guy was standing on chairs at one point. He was standing on chairs thinking it was lucky. He had good luck if he was stand on a chair, uh, if he wore his hat a certain way. He was so superstitious all night. But nonetheless, it worked for him. Chiefs ended up winning 25-22 in overtime, which is the second overtime game ever uh, in Super Bowls. Uh, the last one was the 28-3 Brady comeback uh, as the Patriots would beat the Falcons. Uh, the the toss to White, and he's in. Patriots win the Super Bowl from Joe Buck. What a, that was one of my favorite calls. Um, Xander, I know you weren't thrilled with the outcome of this game, but before we kind of get into everything, let's just get your first initial thoughts on the game. Oof. Um, you know, let's just say this is why we watched the Super Bowl, Trey. Every game, it's always so competitive, always so close, and it it's uh, it always ends in such a heartbreaking way. It seems, you know, last year, one on a uh, I would say, you know, the Chiefs won on a controversial uh, play, but you know, hey, Bradbury said that he uh, he he held, so you know, I'll take his word for it, and then you know, field goal to take take the take the uh, take the win from the Eagles, and um, this one, it's. <laughs> A little more special. Um, they got the um, overtime touchdown, which came down to the wire. I mean, my goodness. Well, everybody thought the ball was going to Kelsey, and Hardman kind of just slipped around and got it. I, I, I Immediately when I saw Hardman break away from that route and saw him, I said, oh, it's going right to him. Perfect. Uh, yeah. And as – I was executed to perfection, and, you right. know, it was – it was great Andy Reid play calling, as Tony oh, yeah. Romo would say. And uh, as uh, Jim Nance said, jackpot, Kansas City. Oh, yeah. They won that. Taking home, Mahomes took home his third, and that is the fourth one in uh, Chiefs franchise history. Uh, look at the stats real quick. Mahomes was 34 of 46, 333 yards, two touchdowns, and one pick. Um it's funny to think about. Mahomes actually led the Chiefs in rushing yards. He had nine carries for 66 <laughs> yards. And then receiving uh, Kelsey, Trav left uh, 
was first with uh, nine receptions for 93 yards. That's That was quite the turnaround after one reception for about a yard or two uh, in the first half. Uh, on the flip side, Niners, uh, McCaffrey led in receiving and rushing. For receiving, he had eight catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown, uh, 22 carries for 80 yards, and then Brock Purdy, it was 23 of 38, 255, and one touchdown. Uh, Brock Purdy kind of surprised me. I'm not going to lie. He, you know, I told everybody, and I said it on the show last Tuesday, that I did not trust Brock Purdy coming into this game. I didn't trust him in the pressure. I didn't think he could live up to it, and he did, you know. So I got to give Purdy his props uh, where they're due. But, hey, man, this was a wild game. I mean, overall, it was wild. It was fun to watch. A lot of people said it was boring throughout the game, and, you know, I can see why they may think that. I mean, it was nobody scoring. I mean, one team would score, then the other would not. I mean, nobody scored in the first quarter. Uh, it was 10-3 to at half. Then it was... Uh, then the Chiefs only scored in the third quarter, so it was 13-10. to And then fourth quarter they tied it up um and so you know it was it was something all right yeah you know again i i don't understand why people i mean because i think people went off last year like oh my gosh you know final score was like what 38 to 35 or something like that yeah some high score so high scoring game and i i get it but let's not forget that these two defenses kind of went off in this game i mean spectacular defense not only uh not only just from the 49ers i mean the 49ers are stacked uh i mean every all all game it seemed like mahomes was always under pressure from nick bosa and uh chase uh chase young and and then i i will have to give credit where credit is due props to the chiefs defense i mean they came up huge a lot of plays great their their safeties are you know are always I feel like always overlooked in the league, but they are one of the best, uh, and it showed. Um, Sneed had a pretty good game out there. Um, I I just it was a defensive battle through most of this game, and it, and it showed. And you know I feel like that is the reason why this game resulted in an overtime win. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Uh, another big thing about this Super Bowl is that it actually set TV ratings record. It broke a record um, for basically the most watched Super Bowl. Uh, the mark last year was one fifteen point one million. Uh, this year it was one twenty three point seven million viewers. Uh, so they had a lot of views. The game was televised on CBS. Uh, they had the Nickelodeon stream. That was that was interesting. Uh, Patrick Starr roasting Christian McCaffrey after his fumble. <laughs> that was. Yeah, apparently Patrick Starr just likes to roast a lot of players. Apparently, ro- I so he- so McCaffrey joins the list. He's roasted Russell Wilson and now Christian McCaffrey. Who's next? I I don't know. Um, um, two things I want to keep my eyes on real quick, uh, and this is going off Super Bowl, but I just saw this, so I want us to make sure we bring it up. Uh, the Cowboys have hired their new defensive coordinator, and it's going to be Mike Zimmer. Um, and then the second thing I wanted to bring up was that the Steelers have released three players. Uh, and two of them not really big to keep their names on. Uh, first one was Okrafor, their longtime offensive lineman, and then their punter, Presley Harvin. Um, 
the moves have saved them nearly $13 million. But the other one I wanted to mention, the other guy is the big name is Mitch Trubisky. So, I saw this. Yeah, so Steelers have got rid of Mitch Trubisky. So now it's, no. down, to, so now it's down to Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett in the, in the quarterback room for the – for the Steelers, that's uh, Trey. I don't know about you, but uh, I think the Steelers might need to start looking for another QB. I think they do too, but <laughs> I I would love if they just kept on to the guys they have right now. No, I, I get it, but it'll you, help you know the out. Steelers' history. I do, but we'll go back to we'll get back to Super Bowl talk real quick. Uh, one thing I'll say, I do think there is one big thing that cost the Niners in the game, and if. He stayed healthy the entire game. I think they could have won, and I think it comes down to Dre Greenlaw. Oh, yeah. Um, he was flying all over the field. He was aggressive. I mean, he was making a lot of tackles. He was all over the place. Um, and then he tried to run out onto the field after a punt, and pop went his Achilles. So, yep. Um, because, I mean, he was – it was 9.26 left in the second quarter when he injured himself. Um, it was no contact. It was no – it wasn't during a play. It was just trying to sprint back on the field, and it popped. Um, and I just have a pretty good feeling that if Greenlaw stayed out there, that the Chiefs might not have won that game. Yeah, you know, Greenlaw was for sure a top defensive player for the 49ers, and – with with him out, and first of all, just such an unfortunate way to go out. It seemed like the Achilles injury was for sure the bug of the NFL this year. and uh, It first started in the first uh, minutes of the Jets and uh, Jets and uh, Bills game with uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers tearing his Achilles. Oh, so exactly. I think it the, caught on. The year there. of terrible Achilles and leg injuries. Um continued and finished with one in the Super Bowl. So, uh, it's it, only fitting apparently. It, it, uh, I guess it was. I I feel terrible for Greenlaw and the size of the cart that they took him off in. He he was he looked so big inside that tiny <laughs> tiny cart. I thought they were going to put him in the back. I thought so too, but nope, he sat up front. He called shotgun on the while he was laying on the ground. Apparently. <laughs> uh, exactly. Um but you know, Mahomes won MVP. Surprise. Uh, I know, right? Um, but another thing, and just getting off it one more time, uh, the dates to mention, um, because we got to look at this off season and, you know, we keep talking about Super Bowl, but off season dates to make sure you mention. So next week is when, uh, the 20th is when teams can designate franchise tags on players. Uh, then the following week, the 27th, uh, the scouting combine begins. So the, the NFL combine is in two weeks. Um, and then negotiating period for uh, pending unrestricted free agents is March 11th. And then March 14th at 4 o'clock Eastern time. That is when uh, free agent deals can be signed and trades can go through. So you get all of that. So March 14th is when you get... Uh, everything opened and ready to go. Um, around April, we'll probably get the schedule for next year, so everybody will kind of find out who they're playing, when they're playing, which I'm excited to see the Browns one. I'm assuming you are oh, big excited time. to you see know, your Chargers schedule after going 5-12. and 12. I'm hoping, I'm hoping 
since we did not play each other this year, our teams did not play each other this year. No, we didn't. We, we played each other two years in two a row. Two years in a row, and then this year apparently they decided not to do it. And I don't think we play each other next year either. I I wouldn't I wouldn't be well, surprised. Well, but hey, we might. listen, listen. We I mean, maybe they you. took a year off and they're like, all right, let's do it again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we'll see. We'll have to keep that. We'll keep that uh, in mind and kind of. Try to see when we play you guys. Um, we do actually play you guys next year. Uh, you and I will be facing off each other. You guys travel to Cleveland. So, oh, boy. So you get to come up to the AFC North. and Future road trip. I know. We'll see if we <laughs> we'll can see. get up there and watch that game together. Uh, if not, we'll be watching it. We'll both uh, have our eyes on it. Oh, uh, we will. As that week rolls around, whatever is happening that week. You know, Browns get to play the Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, and Broncos next season, so they get to play your whole division. Uh, <laughs> see if what we can do with that. Um, but getting back to the NFL, um, like I said, Mahomes won uh, MVP. But one of the biggest things to bring up is the story coming out of how apparently that the 49ers – did not know the Super Bowl overtime rules, and that's uh, that's why they took the ball first, and it was strategy. Um, Eric Armstead was one of the players that said he didn't know about the rule. Um, and then Kyle Huszczyk came out today saying that this is not the fact, like, doesn't matter if I know the rule or not. Uh, the media is just looking for a way to put down Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough to look at it this way because this is the first time we've had to see we first time we've ever seen the new overtime rules uh, because of the Bills and Chiefs outcome uh, about two years ago in the 2021 uh, divisional round AFC uh, AFC divisional round, and then um, we got to see it in its finest this time and. I don't really know. You know, I'm not. I'm, I don't even think taking the ball first is even a bad idea. Because listen, you get a touchdown, you're already looking good. All you got to do is play defense. I like the idea of deferring, uh, just with the new rules. With the old rules, you of course take the ball first. Uh, with the new rules, uh, I actually like the idea of deferring because then you stop them, then you get to relax and be like, all right, cool. All I got to do is kick a field goal or. Score a touchdown. I see. You. All I have to do is score. Doesn't matter how. Doesn't matter what way. Just score. So uh, that kind of just gives you all the power in the moment. So it's better to defer, in my opinion, with the new rules. With old rules, of course, you take the ball first. Then right. You can go down the field, score, and game's over. Yep. So uh, your hand, your fate is in your own hands. But the way Shanahan took the ball first, they left their destiny up to the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes, and that was not the smartest play, in my opinion. Yeah, maybe not the smartest, but, you know, hey, listen, it happened, and um, nothing you can do, they can't take it back. Exactly. Uh, we'll go to the post-game press conferences now. I, I know I love hearing these, um, and I know some of the listeners do love hearing these, so we'll go to Pat Mahomes first. And this is, uh, this is Pat Mahomes on how this Super Bowl was a different feel than his previous two wins. Yeah, 100%. I mean, battling through the adversity that we battled through this year and um, guys staying with the process, keeping believing, um, you just – you never know how it's going to happen. And to be able to go play three three great teams to get to this game and play another great team and um, win all those games, uh, it was a true uh, road in the playoffs. And uh, we were able to come through and be Super Bowl champs. 
And so that was Mahomes on how it kind of felt different. You know, the Chiefs had to go through three great teams to even get to the Super Bowl, let alone win it. Uh, so it was a wild, wild journey for them. And that was a constant uh, question that they brought up in these post games was just kind of how they all felt about the journey that the Chiefs had to take from losing the opener to winning the Super Bowl with all the problems they had. Chris Jones sitting out, being one of the worst receiving teams in the in the league to, you know, now winning the game with great receiving and um, Chris Jones coming through for the team. So, you know, there, there was a lot of things that happened. And, you know, the, the next interview will be uh, Coach Reed, uh, and this is his thoughts on the feeling of, uh, going back-to-back, uh, winning back-to-back Super Bowls, and the journey that his team has had to take uh, to get to this process and win. Yeah, it's a little bit surreal. But I think, uh, I mean, back-to-back is um, rare for this football team and this organization. So um, it's, uh, you know, I got asked so many times, is it a dynasty? I don't know what a dynasty. I mean, you guys, you're the, you know, you have the thesaurus. So, I mean, you can figure it out. But it's a... Uh, uh, it's a great, to, great. It's a great win. It's because I know how hard it is to do, and then how hard the season was, the ups and downs of the season, and how proud I am of the guys for just hanging with each other, uh, staying positive with each other. The defense, the young guys grew up, and but nobody ever pointed fingers at the offense when the offense was growing, and it, it, it all kind of came together during the playoffs and uh, worked out well. And great leaders. And Patrick and Chris and, and Trav and the job you know that they've they've done uh, they're they're passionate players man and I love that and even if they chest bump me to the other side of the 50 I mean I've, I've I appreciate it I just love that the guy wants to play and wants to be in there playing and he knows I love that so he makes me feel young all right so as coach reed was referring to travis getting in his face a lot of people were making a big deal about that when i don't think it was really that big of a deal no. he, i mean he was pissed you know you took travis out of the play and it resulted in a pacheco fumble so i mean Travis has the right to be upset the coach didn't put him in and you know i it's funny is you know you do that in like aau ball or something like that and you're like benched or kicked off the team forever but this is the pros so they're they're adults about it and you're like yeah right you know but uh, i mean i mean let's be fair though if you're – let's say this happens and you're, like, let's say a new rookie coming in. Let's say random – I'm just thinking of random someone coming in. Let's just say um, Alabama Kool-Aid McKinstry. Let's just say he comes off the field. He's mad. He goes up to his coach and absolutely runs right into him and is absolutely pissed. I mean, there's different circumstances, I think, that comes to this. But let's be real. It's Travis Kelsey. Uh, you aren't going to bench him at all, um, no matter what, unless it's like in, in not an important game or anything. So it, it was frustration. And to be fair, he didn't even really run into it. It was just kind of incidental contact. And then he was he was just showing his frustration. And, you know, he know how hard he wants to win. And, um, and it showed in his face. And I thought it was crazy how Jared McKinnon had to like hold him back too. Oh, I'm yeah. like, he's like, he's like, hey, 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 okay, come on, you're good. Let's let's go sit down. Let's 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 calm down. Let's calm down. So. Exactly. It was wild, but all right, man. I'll tell you the the next interview we do is the final <laughs> one of the Chiefs. It's Travis Kelsey. 
Uh, we all know Travis is a uh, personality, per se. Oh, big time. Uh, and his first response to the first question and what you'll hear in between is we're going to – the reporter will be asking the question, but they're so quick that we're just going to let it play on out here. So I'll explain the two questions first before we play it. The The answer I want us to think about, what I'm laughing about right now, is the answer to the first question, which was uh, what got him to turn it around because Kelsey had a terrible first half. He only had one catch in the first half. Uh, and so his his answer is pure Travis Kelsey fashion, and uh, it's hilarious to listen to. Uh, the second question was uh, just talking about the team's journey. So, like I said, this was a commonly asked question as they got multiple perspectives, as the media got multiple perspectives uh, from the Chiefs. So this is the first answer here is, uh, hey, Travis Kelsey, how did you uh, turn it around after getting only one catch? Stop playing like a jabroni, man. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was Trav on uh the whole you know process and so here is the here's what he says about the journey. Man, with the target on our back, man, knowing that we were going to get everybody's best shot to to have the doubters, to have the the, the road that we went through, man, it um it meant everything to even get to this point, but to to find a, find a way through adversity yet again for. for Four quarters, five quarters, man. I uh, I couldn't be more proud of the guys, and I it's such an honor to be on this team and on this or, in this organization. Man. So, Travis and the Chiefs definitely all uh, noting how they've had multiple multiple struggles throughout the season, but were able to, you know, get past it, get over the struggles, and you know they found a way to win, and that's the main point, and. As Travis said at the end of the at the end of the game, Viva Las Vegas. <laughs> Man, I, I love I, I loved when he was doing that and he screamed that out loud and you know you, you gotta you fight, fight for your right, right to, to party. party. Yeah. But uh, here is Kyle Shanahan. Uh we'll get to the Niners because you know, I always like hearing um different perspectives. So this is a Shanahan explaining why he threw the ball on that crucial third and four down. Um, on the third down, um, it looked like there was a protection bust up the middle. Um, we were going to Juwan. I know it looked like Juwan killed him, uh, one pretty good, but um, Chris Jones got loose in the middle. Uh, I think there was a mistake, not sure, but um, also he's hard got to block. So... Shanahan definitely showing the issues there. You know, uh, Chris Jones gets through, and Juwan Jennings had a heck of a night. Touchdown catch, touchdown pass. He came through for them in the big moments, but, you know, Jennings beat their, beat his man, but a loose Chris Jones is a dangerous Chris Jones. Uh, and that is for sure. He is a killer in there for the Chiefs, and definitely shown on that play, and I just don't understand, I think, on that third and four, why you just don't run the ball. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, it's not like he hadn't been, like, doing, like, in out, like, in having a breakout game or anything. But, I mean, he, the, like, the Chiefs defense didn't seem to have a exact answer for stopping him. And I just feel like on those that third and four, you, you do a good run play there. You easily have a first down. You basically, at that point, the game is in your hands. You have the game. So, I mean... 
Yeah, exactly. It was, it was interesting, and it was an interesting play call, and they brought the house, and there was no protection. and uh, Yeah, there's yeah. nothing they can do about that at that point. Uh, and last interview we'll do is Brock Purdy. Uh, like I said, got to give him kudos to how well he played, but that offense struggled at the end of the game, and so this is uh, Purdy kind of explaining why he was struggling. I mean, they brought zero, and I was trying to get the ball to J.J., um, that's what was hurting me, just knowing that, yeah, we're going to execute the field goal, trusting Jake and all the guys on special teams. But um, obviously their offense is, is really good. Mahomes is really good, and you just don't want to give an opportunity, you know, um, to go down and win the game off off a touchdown. So um, when I wasn't able to connect with him, it just it hurt. So. so Purdy obviously upset, down on himself a little bit, but, I mean, that's valid. After losing the Super Bowl, you know, you're going to be upset about it. But, you know, he just, as he explained, couldn't connect with the receivers he was trying to connect with, and it just kind of didn't go the way he wanted. But that was the Super Bowl. Uh, Xander, your prediction was 37-31 with the Niners and Kittle or McCaffrey winning. My prediction was 40-28 to Chiefs uh, with Kelsey winning the MVP. Uh, obviously, neither of us got the score right. I guess technically you got the closer score. Yeah, but uh, not, but not really. No. And uh, I got. I mean, I got the right team, but I got the wrong MVP player. Uh, but you know, it was we got it wrong, but we got it right at the same time. So. Um, and we'll get into the fun little part about this uh, Super Bowl for a second before we head to break. Uh, favorite commercial um, for me. It, Probably, man. There were so many good ones, but I'm just gonna go with the Agent State Farm commercial. I'm a, I'm kind of an Arnold uh, Arnold fan, so seeing him on there and saying you know, using his accent instead of saying you know neighbor, he's saying neighbor, and yeah, go uh, with neighbor, neighbor, and then, and then uh, Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito in. kind of shows up there at the end, and I'm like, okay, steal right, the was, spotlight. From it was him. it was kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, but I, I hate to tell you this, but. Super Bowl commercials are really on the decline. Um, they haven't been that interesting for a while now, and it keeps keeps going down that road currently. Yeah, they did, and, you know, I'll tell you, one one company annoyed me all night because they stole so many spots from so many other uh, brands that could have had cool commercials, and it was that Timu, man. Oh, man, I hated that thing. The Timu that, commercials were so annoying. I'm not even – no, I'm not even going to support their company. I mean – Come on, that that it wasn't even good. No, it, it wasn't, wasn't even good. It, it was, was like annoying. a normal commercial. They played that about as much as they used to play the Whopper commercial from uh, Burger King or the. But, Al- they didn't even show the Apple Outlet commercial. I was looking for it. I, I was hoping they were going to play it so I could sing along with it. But you know, my favorite commercial out of all of them was the Mayo Cat. Oh yeah, I thought that was cute and that hilarious. Was cute. Um, so. That I can I think that kind of just shows you how low these commercials are starting to get. I mean, if a close second would be the Doritos one, where the grandmas were trying to beat up the guy for the bag of Doritos, and then Jenna Ortega just ends up taking them at the very end. Yeah. So, mm. yeah, you know, I mean, they're not the best. No, they they've they've they, had better. They've had way better. But uh, we played Usher on the way in to start the show. What were your thoughts on the halftime show? So. Here's the problem is I'm not the biggest Usher fan of all time. So the first few songs they played, it's like, yeah, I've heard it before, but definitely wasn't like the best. But, you know, hey, listen, choreograph was cool. You know, always the backup dancers are always, you know, doing their best. And it's always the best part about it. And 
the dancing and stuff is for sure out there. And I always think it's impressive that they do an entire, basically, entire concert in 13 minutes. Uh, it's tough, and a lot and of costume was, changes. Yeah, exactly. This was the longest halftime show of all t- of all Super Bowls. Apparently, this was a 15 minute. Oh wow! Usher they gave, they gave him two more minutes. Yeah, they gave him two more minutes, and yeah, he featured. It was Usher, uh, Ludacris, Lil Jon, uh, her. And Alicia Keys. Oh, that's who that was. That was her. Yeah, that was her who was oh, on the roller okay. skates and playing the guitar. Yeah, I was yeah, wondering was who that was. I, I was like, ah, who is this? It's like, I've definitely seen her before. Yeah, that, that was her. Ah, her. So, her was her, <laughs> Alicia Keys, uh, Lil John, Ludacris, and Usher really broke it down. Uh, you thought it was all right. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I liked it a lot. I had a lot of fun watching it. Um Preferably, I think the Rihanna one was oh, better. Oh, way, way better. But that's the thing, though, is the Rihanna one was way better. She's got way more songs, and she, she's had way more hits. Oh, yeah. That And so definitely during that Rihanna concert, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm saying along to, like, every single song. She's doing, like, you know, shine bright like a diamond. And, you know, yeah, this one, no, the only exactly. one I could really sing was, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a... Uh, what well, is uh has one big hit so yeah exactly and so uh, and I'll tell you the roller skates were something else too oh that was cool oh no don't get me wrong it wasn't the worst Super Bowl com- uh Super Bowl one I mean I'll tell you right now the one that was the worst in my opinion I know you were there Trey and you brought it up last time uh, Travis Scott Marine Five I hated that hey, no I did not I did not like it I hated the fact when Travis I mean I, when uh, Travis Scott came out there was Sweet Victory no. Auto tune. SpongeBob brought him out. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, but they did, and that's the other thing. They didn't even play "Sweet Victory." They only played the very beginning. They of it, did this weekend, and they cut it. Sweet I, Victory they did, played. They did on on Nickelodeon, and I praised them for that. I know, but still, I don't. I never really liked it, and yeah, I think it's so far in the past few years, it's one of the worst ones. But yeah, who do you think? Who, if you could pick right now, who would you put as the halftime show for next year? Oh man. You know, wouldn't it be so cool if we could get like a, a Drake? If we get a Drake halftime Drake. show. Well, so the, the thing is, it's so not Super Bowl's as in uh, New Orleans next year. Mm. Um, it doesn't. I mean, they don't have to be local, of course. No, they really um, don't. But I would love personally. I'd love to see a Pitbull concert for halftime. That'd be kind of uh, fun. Do you really? I mean, it'd be fun. I man. mean, yeah, it would be fun. But if not, Pitbull Pit, hasn't really done. If not I mean, Pitbull, if not, hear me out. Okay. All right. If not Pitbull. Then I agree with you that we should that they should do Drake. Dude, if they did Drake, man, oh my god! It could no, because the amount of collabs, the amount of collabs he could J. bring Cole. out. J Cole could come I, out. I Twenty One Savage could come out. Travis 20, Scott can come out. I mean, there's it's, it's endless. The possibilities are endless, and for people like us who listen to him, oh my god, it'd be literally a dream come true just to see that on TV. I hope all NFL fans do realize that uh, Taylor Swift will perform at the Super Bowl at least once. Yeah, I, I feel like that's the other thing we have to get ready for. Um, I can't believe people thought that it's coming. We know it. Just I, I, I thought it was hilarious that people were like, "Oh, oh, oh my God, Taylor Swift's going to make an appearance." Her, no, they should announce it, announce her for the Super Bowl for next year, and then everybody all season long will be like, "All right, if the Chiefs make it this year, it it's is definitely completely rigged. rigged. It's rigged. It's there's no, there's no rigged. way." You know, one last thing before we actually get a break here. Yeah. Um, I saw a tweet from Adam Schefter, or Schefter this last few days ago, and he talked about the prediction the CBS director said about the Super Bowl, and he said the game was going to go into double overtime, and it literally almost happened, and he almost called it. 
I'm telling you, something fishy is going on here in the NFL. I know. People are starting to get people are starting to catch on to the NFL's ways. And uh, the final thing I'll say before we go to break, I, I thought it was absolutely hilarious. I don't know if you saw this. If you haven't, you have to see this. And it was the after party for the Super Bowl. There was Travis and Taylor were dancing together, singing to her songs. And then there was Jason Kelsey and Chiefs overalls, a Rey Mysterio mask, and completely <laughs> drunk. And they're walking out of this party, and, you know, Travis is giving Taylor his coat. They're walking, and then Jason runs into a tree because he can't stand up straight. Oh, my gosh. So Perfect Jason Kelsey moment right there. I mean, <laughs> Jason uh, Jason's enjoying retirement. Oh, uh, big time. <laughs> a lot as of right now. I don't know if uh, – his wife would approve of that, but uh, I'm pretty sure yeah, she's, she's used si- to it. She signed up for it when she r- married the guy. But, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it is 4.48 here in the Midwest. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get back to it. We'll talk a little, uh, some new things that we haven't brought up before, little Mizzou basketball, Mizzou softball, and then we'll get into uh, more stuff on uh, college basketball and Clay- Caitlin Clark as she is nearing that record. Stay with us. Hey, this is Eli Winter and Sam Wagster and Tyler Damon. And you're listening to KCOU 88.1, Columbia. Yes, we're back. And so is the Breakfast of Champions. Airing every Friday morning at 11 a.m. Join myself, Brandon Anthony. You first mentioned it to me and I was like, what is this? Like a, like another like UFC type of thing. Like- My co-host, Ryan Crothers. This isn't March Madness, you know, this is the best of the best. As we start your morning off at all things sports, from NBA to NFL and even the NHL, we got it all. Again, join us every Friday morning at 11 a.m. on KCRU 88.1 FM. Hey Blaze, what do you get when you put two fiercely competitive sports fans who love to debate in the same room? Um, I don't know. You get a new show called Mixed Doubles on KCOU 88.1 FM. Wow, Abigail, that's really cool. What's the show about? We're going to be talking about all things NFL, MLB, college sports, NASCAR, and tennis. Tennis? Why tennis? Well, we have to talk about tennis. It's it's in the name. Mm, I don't know, Abigail. We'll have to talk about that later. But I can't wait to listen to Mixed Doubles on KCOU 88.1 Fridays at 1. Wait, Blaze, you can't listen to the show. You're you're in the show. You're one of the co-hosts, remember? My fault, Abigail. I guess everyone else will have to listen to Mixed Doubles on KCOU 88.1 FM. Look at me, busy as a bee. Where'd I get all this energy? Oh, man. Mm, man. I don't sleep and I don't eat. But I've got the cleanest house on the street. Oh, man. Mm, man. Get these hairs all out of my face. Get these bugs all out of my place. One more hit. No time to waste. Oh, man. Mm, man. Put your flags up in the sky. In the sky. And
Welcome back to Coast to Coast, ladies and gentlemen. Like once again, my name is Trey Bettler, and I am Xander Cobble. That is two for two on oh, your name. Oh man, good I am job. two for two. <laughs> You're having a good I, day. I, I might go perfect. Uh, you know who knows? I may well go four for four today. We're gonna figure that out very shortly. Uh, once again, just a reminder: you are listening to KCOU eighty-eight point one FM on the C Stream. And like I said, this is Coast to Coast. This is the fourth episode, I believe, of Coast to Coast. Episode four. Yep. Uh, We just finished up, if you're just tuning in now, we just finished up our talk about the Super Bowl on how the Chiefs beat the 49ers 25-22, I believe the score was. Yeah. Um, That was it. But I mentioned right before break, we're going to talk about some uh, two things that we've never talked about on here before, but I've been wanting to talk about, so I'll... Uh, I was going to bring them up. Yeah, uh, I think this first one, I'm just going to hand the mic to you yeah, on this one. Fir- first one, I'll take over. Second one, I'll let you jump in here, here and there, because uh, I'm going to talk to you and try to get your opinions on who you like out of all this and what you think about all of this. Uh, but the first thing is, um, for my motorsports fans, uh, the Daytona 500 is this weekend, so the NASCAR season will start this weekend, uh, I am a huge NASCAR fan, and I cover it actually for our uh, radio station here. I write articles uh, for NASCAR, um, so I keep up with the uh, season, and I basically keep up with who gets suspended, who's joining teams, what number, what kind of sponsors they're getting. Uh, if there's a Netflix series going on about them, I I, I get to know all about that, and uh, so I I'll be doing summaries of the races all year. So. Um, I'll definitely be bringing up the race briefly on all of our shows. Uh, but just a heads up so everybody knows, if you do want to watch and get into NASCAR so you kind of know what I am talking about, uh, Wednesday, so tomorrow is uh, pole position qualifying. Thursday is the duels, which will determine the front row. Um, Friday is the truck race. Uh, Saturday is the Xfinity and Arco race, and Sunday is the Daytona 500. So a big one uh, happens on Sunday. So that'll be definitely something to watch out for. We had the clash at the Coliseum. Uh, the race took place at the L.A. Coliseum in Los Angeles, where they, where the uh, USC Trojans typically play football. Um, so they, they paved over their football field and put a, a racetrack on it. Uh, Denny Hamlin took home the... The preseason victory, so he's got a lot of um, uh, momentum heading into Daytona. So that'll be something to keep an eye out for if you want to keep yourself updated uh, with NASCAR. uh, Make sure to watch or make sure to read those articles that I'm posting on our uh, sports website every weekend after a race. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. And there you go, Xander. That is it for NASCAR. I kept it nice and quick for you. I mean – the only thing I'll say about NASCAR yeah. is ka-chow. There you go. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, so we have that. And then the next thing I want to talk about is something that is becoming very popular in the United States that I am a huge fan of. And I want you all, listeners, and if you, if you know people who love this, they need to, you, should be, you should definitely talk to them about it get into it It, it's a lot of fun so we're going to talk about the mls so the major league soccer uh yes we do have a a professional soccer league here in the united states Uh, it is mls and i definitely think everybody should uh at least if you're a united states citizen you should at least start getting into soccer because we got the world cup coming here in 2026 uh so 
we definitely need to be all in on soccer for the next few years as we prepare for the World Cup. Uh, my family is a huge soccer family, so I always know a lot about soccer, um, and I'm always watching it. So that is why I want to bring it up, and I'm going to be the one to talk to you about it, Xander. Um, I know you don't really follow a team. I know you know that uh, next year I will have be an, having a team. Yeah, next you have year. an expansion team next year, San Diego FC. Uh, becomes a part of the Western Conference next year. But uh, while you're waiting, we're going to go through these teams. We're going to find you a team to root for this season. Okay. Uh, so what what I'm going to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list all the teams. Already? So I'll say their name. And then I'm going to basically tell you who their leading goal scorer is so you have a, so you can have a favorite player okay. uh, if you choose to root for that team. All, all right. right. All right. So uh, we'll start with, on. we'll start with the Eastern Conference. So you've got Atlanta United FC, which their leading goal scorer is Yorgos Yakumakis. Okay. All right. So you've got Yorgo Yakumakis for Atlanta United FC. All right. You've got Charlotte FC, Ooh. my team, and our leading goal scorer was Carol Swiderski. Carol actually just left, so oh. now our now our leading goal scorer is Enzo is Enzo Capetti. Uh, so you have, you can do that one. Chicago Fire FC with Marin Holly Selassie. You've got FC Cincinnati with Luciano Acosta. Columbus Crew, they're the reigning champions from oh. Columbus, Ohio. Oh, wow. Uh, with, oh, you know what? I actually did see that. I saw, um, uh, I forgot Columbus actually won. That was that was kind of weird, actually. Yeah, so you've got Columbus uh, with Chucho Hernandez, uh, DC United for Washington DC, uh, with Christian Benteke. The, you have Inter Miami, CF. Their leading scorer is Leonardo Campana, but another big name on that team is Lionel Messi. I, I think we know. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think we know who the other guy is. Then you've got CF Montreal. From Montreal, <laughs> didn't even know they had a Canada, team. with uh, Matthew Schwanier. Okay, you've got Nashville SC from Nashville, Tennessee. Hany Mukhtar, he's one of the best players in the league. I'll tell you that Mukhtar is a great player. You've got New England Revolution with Carly's Heel. Okay. New York Red Bulls. So you've got the Red Bulls from Red New York. Bulls. Huh. Uh, with Frankie okay. Amaya. All right. You've got New York City FC with Gabriel Pereira. You've All got right. Orlando City FC hmm. with Facundo Torres. Man, these let me tell you, these names are pretty interesting to say, that's for sure. Philadelphia Union with Daniel Gazdag. Okay. And Toronto FC okay. with Federico Bernardeschi. Hmm. <laughs> okay. So any any teams out of the Eastern Conference that you're kind of leaning towards right now? Um, out of the Eastern Conference, I don't know. I feel like all these, I mean, to be fair, if I knew a lot more about soccer, I'd probably choose another team. But just because of names and everything I heard, I'm just going to go with uh, Inter-Miami. There you go. I, I, mean, I mean, it props. I mean, let's be fair, you know, Messi, big brand. Huge, huge, 
huge guy in the soccer community if uh, anyone out there did not actually know that. Um, but I think the whole world basically knows that. So I yeah. agree. All right, Western Conference, buddy. We'll, All right. Like I said, we'll continue to keep this somewhat short. All right. But I want us to go through it real quick. So we did the East. Uh, would the Western Conference, by chance, have St. Louis and Kansas City in there as they well? They do. Okay. They do. Yeah. Okay. So that's Western. So okay. anything Midwest and left is Western. Uh, anything North or South is typically East. Okay. Um, and so the two Canada teams play in the East, and then you've got as far West as um, I guess you could say Nashville. That's like the that's the farthest West they go. Okay. Or, uh, well, Chicago. Uh, That'd be the farthest west they go is Chicago and Nashville. Okay. Uh, so Western Conference, they have Austin FC from Austin, Texas, <laughs> with Sebastian Driussi. All right. You got the Colorado Rapids. That's that's Buse's team with Cole Bassett. Okay. Uh, FC Dallas with Jesus Ferreira. Houston Dynamo FC. I love that name. I absolutely love that yeah, name. So you got the Houston Dynamo, Dynamo. FC with Hector Herrera. Sporting Kansas City. Oh, okay. I'm paying attention to this one. With Alan Pulido. Alan Pulido, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you've got the LA Galaxy. Oh, I, I definitely know that team. That's Ricky sure. Puig. Okay. LAFC. Yeah, that's weird. So they have two teams in LA? They do. Okay. So they've got two in New York. Two in L.A., um, and then, yeah, and then they've got two in Texas. Well, they got three teams in Texas. Doesn't surprise me. Uh, exactly. Um, then you've got LAFC with Dennis Buwanga. I feel like I've heard that name before. He's like the star player of the MLS. Okay. He's I, always I, scoring. Like I've, I've definitely heard that name before. Yeah, Dennis Buwanga and, and is the best player. Didn't, I believe didn't LAFC, not last year, but the year before that win the MLS. They did. They yeah. won the MLS Cup. Cup, okay. So they won. All right. So it was LAFC, and then this past year was Columbus. All right. So uh, LAFC is a good team. So I know that's close to home for you. So they, that, might yeah. be the, that might be the but, squad, but we'll but, see. But uh, I think next year – we're going to have a new rivalry coming Yeah, in. they definitely will. Uh, you've got Minnesota United FC with Timu Puki. <laughs> okay. Portland Timbers with Evander. Okay. <laughs> uh, Real Salt Lake from Utah. You've got Jefferson Saverino. <laughs> okay. The San Jose Earthquakes. I, lo- I absolutely love that name. That, that with, is so fitting. Yeah, San Jose Earthquakes with Christian Espinoza. Okay. Uh, the Seattle Sounders FC with Jordan Morris. I do know the Sounders are definitely up there usually when it comes to MLS. St. Louis City SC. Oh, okay. Jao Klaus. Jao Klaus. The Vancouver Whitecaps with Ooh. Brian White. Oh, okay. Now, I will say. I I have been to one MLS game in my time, okay. and it actually was the Vancouver Whitecaps, and I believe they were pl- they were playing actually surprisingly they were playing Kansas City Sporting and yeah, Sporting KC uh, Sporting KC and Vancouver won two nothing. Uh, definitely a fun atmosphere. I would love to get myself back out there to watch another soccer game. Well, I'll be traveling to St. Louis, so you'll definitely have I'll, to tag I'll, along uh, sometime. I'll, I'll probably tag along. Maybe maybe. Uh, Catch a uh, St. Louis or KC game. 
And that's one of the biggest rivalries is Sporting KC oh, versus yeah. St. They, Louis City. They were City. in the playoffs this year, right? Yeah, they I'm played correct. each other, and Sporting KC beat them in the playoffs. I do remember that. So uh, I was not a huge fan of that. But, yeah. you know, well, because Sporting KC is located in Kansas. Yeah, true. It is, it is in Kansas City, Kansas. So definitely not a fan. Uh, probably if they play each other again, will be a fan of um, – St. Louis, but uh, out of the West teams you have just given me, yeah, I think I am going to stay. You know what? Because I went to their one game, I'm going to stay a Vancouver Whitecaps fan this year. All right, there you I'll go. I'll go Vancouver. Why not? A beautiful city, British Columbia. Can't couldn't can't get better. They had a great atmosphere the game I went to, and uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Vancouver this time. Switch it up. Yeah. Uh oh. You know what time Uh-oh. it is. Uh-oh. Ah, sad time. Dang it, man. I thought we could really avoid this this time. But nope. No. We can never avoid this. They always come back. All right, I can't deal with this. Yeah, All right, let's get let's, into let's this. Let's just go. Let's just let's, go. Let's get this over with. Right. I don't want to have to think about this team too much. No, me neither. All right, Mississippi State beat Mizzou basketball again. We're still losers. We're eight and sixteen, zero and eleven in conference play. Yeah, it, it it's not nothing changed. Uh, no, no. Nope. Uh, Mississippi State won seventy five fifty one. It was the lowest scoring outage from the Tigers <laughs> in the Dennis Gates era. Oh my uh, God! It was a attendance of ten thousand people only. That's um, yeah. Uh, let's just say the student section la- student section last Saturday, I'll be honest, it was empty. Hey, we had a shot at one point. We were winning at one point. I, I know. No, here and here's the thing. Here's the thing about Mizzou basketball. At the very beginning, it's always it's always like we're in the lead. And I thought, I'm like, oh, my goodness, we could have a shot. We could have a shot. It was a four-point game at halftime. And let me tell you, this is the exact script Every single game, it's always we're always down only by like four or three or by one one possession at halftime. They half were twenty one. It was seven forty seven to go in the second half. I, I, and then we ended up losing by twenty four. Just absolute collapse. All right, we got out rebounded again. What well, a surprise! We turned the ball over more. Not not shocked. This is the worst one. The field goal percentages are the worst. Ugh. They shot 47.5 from the field. We shot 34, but that's not the one I'm talking about. They shot 36 from three. We shot 16.7. from three. Stop jacking threes. We cannot make hit, them. Can't hit the threes. And that's the worst part is we – I thought by the beginning of this year we had good three-point shooters. Apparently we don't. Um, and I thought, I will say, I'll give credit where credit's due. Nick Honor has actually been starting to play a lot better, and he's starting to, I think he's starting to figure out, like, oh, I don't have to shoot threes every single play and get into the paint and sh- shooting some nice little floaters. But uh, just same script every game and just same outcome. And I wish I could say something new about this team. I really can't. No, it's the I mean, same thing There's nothing every else game. to say about the team. It's... We suck. Let's move on to the next year. I'm done. 
Uh, but uh, to lighten the mood a little bit, Xander, I want to I want you to kind of tell oh, everybody kind of what happened. Uh, I'll set the scene, and then you you tell me kind of what happened. Okay. Because uh, I, I'm gonna set the scene. I'll tell them what happened, and I want to get it from your perspective too, and what your thoughts are on what happened. All right. All right. So when we were at the game, Xander and I had talked earlier in the week about wearing uh, paper bags over our head <laughs> to show our disappointment with the team. Well, Xander put on the bag, and it was, what was it, 10 or 20 points? What did you do? I think it was when we were down 10 points. Yeah, I said okay, so we were down 10, he would put it on, and he would take it off every time we went back down 8 or we'd score a bucket or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, basically. But he would put it on, and one time he put it on, and Truman, the mascot, would walk walked right past him, saw the bag on his head, took it off his head, crumpled it up into a ball, and gave him a... D- Dikembe Mutombo, no, 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 finger. Yeah, um, definitely not one of my proudest moments out there. Um, I I had to make a formal apology to Truman, and I said, listen, it, it, it isn't no disrespect. It, it, it's just, it's this team, man. I mean, I will never, and I told Truman, and I said, listen, because of this, I said, listen, I won't wear the bag the rest of the game, and I shook Truman's hand, and we agreed on it. And then he walked away. And let me tell you, I will never at any point disrespect Truman. Um, he is literally the <laughs> the kind of always always kind of walks around. He's always like the uh, person in the, the the person in the building. Always seems to have a uh, smile on his face uh, all game. Definitely also likes to break out the dance moves here and there, uh, even if we're getting killed by twenty five points. Um, but um, yeah. Um, couldn't say it wasn't one of my proudest moments, but hey, you know, it lightened the mood for that game, and um, I thought maybe, you know, that could help something, but nope. Uh, game stayed the same, and uh, we got murdered. Uh, yeah, so uh, that happened, and now we uh, now we get to wait around until, I believe, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, Saturday we play, uh, the Tigers play Old Miss, at Old Miss. Uh, that'll be the next... Uh, home game I actually get to go to is the Old Miss game, so this is giving me a preview of what I get to watch uh, when I. Uh, I you know I I thought this Old Miss game was actually an away game. Uh, it is. So this is the this is the away game. Oh, uh, but, but we, we do play we them. We do in, play them that's in a right. few weeks. Few weeks. Yeah. And that, that's the Star Wars night with the lightsabers. Oh, that's right. Well, uh, that that's the other thing. The giveaways. I'm going for that. that giveaways are the only thing that's keeping me in this season. That's uh, the only that's reason it. I went. Hey, and I won the jersey, too. I, I saw that, you know. Uh, when all three of us went to the game, both of you guys won. I think I ended up, I think, joining the thing I a talked to Aiden late. about it. I think I know exactly how they do it, and I really think it's just the first, the first 50, 50 people to it's swipe the first 50. their card. Um, I shouldn't have stayed back. I think I definitely Look, you got should. to watch a pretty cool scene happen. Oh, oh yeah. I will, thought I'll, was amusing. I'll, I'll explain this. So. I, I, I wouldn't. No, oh, really? No. Nah, nah, okay, okay nah. fair. That's true. It's just a bunch of uh, back and forth. That's about it. Yeah, no, there's no need to get into no, it. No it, need. It's besides the topic. True. And it's it's it, it was really pointless. That's all it was. Exactly. So, yeah, <laughs> 7.30, Saturday night, SEC Network, uh, Mizzou at the Rebels of Old Miss. Uh, Old Miss is, let's see here, one, two, Pretty three, good. four, five, six, seven. They are eighth. In conference, and of course, as we all know, we are last. Uh, isn't it so shocking to see South Carolina as number one in the SEC? Yes, but you know what? Honestly, actually, 
based off of the the um, how we thought this year was going to go, yeah, I think it is very surprising. I mean, let's South Carolina. Uh, last time they were pretty much this good was when they went to the Final Four that one year a few years ago. Um, but in the past, there they haven't been much of a men's basketball team. It's always just been the women's. So, you know what? I will say it's kind of kind of it's interesting to see them at the top. I would not have guessed that at the beginning of the season. Yet here we are. They're in first place, and let me tell you, I will say it's kind of interesting that they're in first place. Yet both games we play them, we almost beat them. So, yeah. I I, I mean I don't know. Maybe it's just a Mizzou Mizzou South Carolina thing, but or just a play style thing, but. They're a good team, and don't sleep on them. No, they're definitely a really good team, and I'll be watching for them in the tournament. Oh, uh, big time. Come tournament time, and the SEC tournament, that might be the team to watch. That'd be the Cinderella team, I feel like. Um, But, Xander, you brought this up for uh, our show today, so I'm going to let you be the one to really talk about it. Um, The Mizzou softball team is kicking butt right now. Oh, my goodness. they're doing a really good job. Let me um, let me tell you when the when the when the basketball team was doing bad and you know all hopes are really down. But let me tell you, these other sports have really started to pick it up and kind of make us excited again for um, not not only towards the end of winter here, but towards the spring season. And let me tell you, the Mizzou softball. Oh my goodness, just an absolute like just not even uh, this wasn't even just a. Not like a great weekend. This was a statement weekend for the Tigers, and they played. Uh, they went five and zero. Uh, I believe they played Utah. Uh, their first game was against thirteenth ranked Utah. Beat them four to three. Then they played uh, North uh, NC State and beat them thirteen nothing in run rule in five innings. Yep. Um, then they played Liberty, and I think they won like six to three or something like that. Yep. Oh no, sorry. It was like ten to one. Ten to one. They beat yeah. them. And then South Alabama, they, I believe they had a little bit of a scare. They were down three nothing. Yeah, they came back and then beat yeah. them up. Yeah, beat them up six three. Final score there that game. And then probably the most exciting game out of all of them was number five Clemson. Yeah. Five, number five, number seven ranked Clemson. Yep. Forget how the rankings usually go. Still a top top team, and they came in there and they. They beat them. I mean, they they. I think I, I think four one was the final score of that game. But let me tell you, tell you the story of this weekend. Lauren Krings, man, Lauren Krings came out there, pitched complete game shutouts, uh, two games I think during that weekend. Absolute stud. I mean, she is for sure as of right now, in my opinion, should be the number one best pitcher in the SEC. And a five nothing start for the Tigers. To start out this weekend, couldn't ask for anything more. Already starting off, I think about eleventh was it eleventh or twelfth ranked to start the year um, after yeah. that five zero start. Yeah, so we're now eleven in the country. So that'll be a lot of fun to keep our eyes on. And uh, they travel to uh, Texas this weekend to take on uh, Texas A and M, uh, Texas A and M Commerce. Uh, South Dakota State and North Texas, so they should be able to. Should be a nice weekend there should too. Should be a good weekend, and then uh, their first home game will be Mar- Friday, March eighth at four o'clock. So I know you and I will. Definitely I'll be there, be trying to go on out to that. I don't know if I'll be able to, but I'm gonna definitely try. So nineteenth uh, ranked uh, Auburn will come to town on the fourth. Should be a good one. And uh, again, congrats for the women's softball team. Keep killing it. 
Exactly. Uh, we'll take a quick break real quick, uh, and then we're going to get back into it. We'll talk college basketball, Caitlin Clark, um, a little bit of college football, and we'll break one final time, and then we will talk about uh, Major League Baseball because I know a lot of people are anticipating all of that. So, uh, we good? Yeah, I think we're good. All so uh, stay with us, ladies and gentlemen, and once again, you are listening to KCAU 88.1 FM, and this is Coast to Coast. This is DJ Megaseg, your favorite robot DJ, only on KCOU Columbia 88.1 FM. Can I get a hot take for a KCOU bumper? KCOU 88.1 FM, Columbia, Missouri. Let me drive. How do you know when it's time to give up the keys? When your dog grabs your keys from your lap and your lap is on the floor. Yep, it's Jeff Foxworthy Parad saying, when you party, be sure to designate before you celebrate. It won't make it home alive. Let me drive. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Please don't drink and drive. It's not fun. show if you've never listened before this is the gold standard we talk about olympic sports united states got 25 medals which put them fifth in the medal count figure skating news i get the feeling i'm going to do what i did last show and talk way too long about world figure skating and not have the proper time to talk about the other things or sometimes whatever I feel like. Chiefs Bills played each other this weekend in the playoffs and it was a time, but it's my show. So that's what I get to do. Tune in Thursdays at 10. Everybody get up, it's time to slam now. We got a real jam going down. Welcome to the Space Jam. Here's your chance, do your dance at the Space Jam. All right. All right. Welcome back to Coast to Coast, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, my name is Trey Butler. And I am Xander Cobalt. Three for three, three for baby. Three. There you go. All right. All right. Oh, I'm go. feeling good. All right. Feeling uh, good today. Uh, you are feeling good today. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're going to get into some basketball here, college ball. Uh, first thing I do want to bring up, uh, why does Kansas keep losing right before we have a show? Do they just I, I, like I, I us think, talking about them? I, I, think, I think so. I, I think that because we're talking about them, I think that they just want to lose. I they, guess. I think they want to lose. Yeah, well, it. Kansas lost again. They lost to uh, Texas Tech this time. Badly. Uh, like, 
this wasn't even close. No, it, it was wasn't. it was it looked like a blowout from the start. Yeah, it was it was a blow another blowout to mention was the Texas A and M and Tennessee game. Texas A and M blew out Tennessee. Um, hey, I mean I hey, I mean listen, listen. Texas A and M, they're a great team. I mean, if Tennessee continues to struggle on the road, all I'm saying, man, Mizzou, maybe? Maybe, maybe a chance. Maybe. Maybe. But uh We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But uh, definitely a great – it was a interesting weekend of uh, college basketball per usual. few upsets here and there. Um, but, again, we are back with the uh, rankings. Yeah, so we'll go through the top ten real quick. Or, actually, I'm going to do top 15. Go ahead. Um, and then we'll we'll kind of break it down and see what we think. And if we want to do the whole top 25, we can. But top 15 is pretty much what I'll do. And then I'll highlight uh, any SEC team outside the uh, – Top ten, so uh, or top fifteen. Uh, top fifteen. You've got UConn one, no surprise. Uh, Purdue two. So UConn, Purdue have stuck where they were. They're still the top two teams. So we know they're going to get a number one seed uh, come March. Uh, the second, though, you've got you've got a uh, Houston in third. They're up two spots. Marquette is now up to number four. Uh, Arizona five, Kansas six, North Carolina seven, Tennessee is eight. Duke 9, Iowa State 10, South Carolina 11, Baylor 12, Auburn 13, Illinois 14, Alabama 15. Yeah, um, I think these rankings are pretty agreeable. Um, man, let me tell you, I, I'm sorry, Trey. North Carolina, man, that was rough. The The thing about the Tar Heels is they're inconsistent most of the time. So yeah. They'll have a really big game, and they'll beat a big team. So, I mean... Like like the other night, they beat Duke. Then they lose to they, Clemson. No, I mean, they beat them. I'd say convincingly. Oh, big time! It um, was a big Duke big time win um, at home. And then they played Clemson at home, and Clemson was ranked to start the season. Um, and then they came on in there and whooped up on the Tar Heels. Unfortunately, I was. You guys were up twelve in that game. I know. Too. I was not happy, but you know. Uh, and I'll throw this one right back at you. What happened to San Diego State, man? You guys, yeah. aren't, you guys aren't in the top twenty-five. Yeah, anymore. no, that that Nevada game was just, oh, it was rough. I was watching that last Friday night, man. Let me tell you, there you have refs have their good games, but man, this was such a bad game for the refs. There were so many missed calls, yeah. um, many many calls that should have been travel calls, many calls that shouldn't even have been fouls. I mean, it was an aggressive night all game, and the, it, it was it was a good game though. I mean. Not a lot of it wasn't a good big shooting game. Both teams, I believe, at the end of the regulation, only had three threes the whole game. None, no, the no threes were falling in that game, and it was all decided basically to the line. So, um, and unfortunately, they came up short in overtime, and it was a rough one. And the Nevada team is not a bad team, and uh, Mountain West really, really showing its competitiveness and. Knocked us, uh, but uh, I think this weekend knocked out all the uh, Mountain West teams. But uh, yeah, not the uh, not the best weekend for San Diego State. Uh, definitely not. So not a good weekend for either of us. Nope. Uh, our teams, <laughs> aside from you know the actual like Mizzou team, but you know our teams from back home did not have the greatest weekend. So you no, know uh, we're not. both hoping that our teams will turn it around and start playing a little better uh, basketball Let's hope. soon. Uh, my boys play tonight. I don't know if you guys do. Does San Diego State play tonight? Uh, yes, we do. We play Colorado State at home. So okay. yeah. we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, Tar Heels are on the road at Syracuse tonight. 
So that should be a win. But I would say, I, I you know what? I would say, I, I should say that the Cincinnati State game should be a win. They are undefeated at home. And like I said, Viejas Arena is basically the Allen Fieldhouse of the Mountain West. Yep. So, um, yeah, I should hopefully expect a win tonight. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to switch over to women's college basketball rankings real quick. Uh, I'll do the top. Yep. 15 again because I did men's top 15 I'll do women's top 15 um actually one more thing I'd like to mention yeah Indiana State yeah number 23 no, yeah, get yeah, in yeah. there I was gonna I was gonna mention that, that too that's a, I saw I actually saw that on um saw that on uh, ESPN here we have turned on in the studio that ended a 45 year drought Indiana State hasn't even reached the AP poll and they finally made it this year yeah so so huge it, huge props to Indiana State you know congrats yeah. Uh, big big showing, but uh, they'll be. I guess they'll be the team to watch for Cinderella stories. Cinderella stories for sure. Um, come March, but another thing about March, uh, this recently just um, popped up. Uh, I want you to know about this. Uh, Power Five commissioners have opened dialogue on expanding the NCAA men's tournament. Man, even more. come on! They want to expand it even more because no. apparently, and I was reading this article during the break for a second. Uh, they want to expand it to let even more uh, teams in. Uh, okay. Uh, some and, of the like lower teams. And and here's I'll, I'll I'll briefly talk about this for a second. The other thing is, and I'll hate yeah, to cut you ahead. off. Go ahead. Um, half the team. So half the people want to let lower ranking teams in. The other half are mad because they believe that the best teams are not making the tournament. And it's not the very best teams, and that they want to see the very best teams. Okay, I get that. I I understand. And you know what? Maybe this is could be a good thing too, because if they get more of these smaller schools that actually do pretty well, get them in there. You we could we could be set for a lot of upsets. But here's the problem, and this was mentioned last March. There were so many upsets this year in March Madness, more than usual. And don't get me wrong. I'm a fan of upsets, and when you see this in March Madness, it's so awesome to see. But, man, when there's just too many upsets, it, it really starts to ruin, like, which team is really making it. I mean, let's let's be honest. We had a six seed play a five seed in the playoffs in the national championship last year, and it was that, that was unheard of. It's always the one seed versus a two seed or a one seed versus a three seed or a two seed versus, a, you know, four seed maybe as far as it goes, but... It was definitely interesting to see that, and it was kind of weird to see UConn at number five, but I understand their struggles during their season last year, but they were a really good team. and um, So definitely the first time I think we've seen a seeding like that. So I, I, I kind of understand why they want more people, more of these teams to be in the tournament. Uh, exactly. So, you know, that'll be something to keep an eye on and kind of watch out for, kind of see what happens uh, as we continue to go through the year. Um um, right. I mean, that won't happen this year, of course, but if they do anything on it, it'll be next year or a year after. Uh, so definitely something to keep an eye on as we get towards that. Uh, I'm going to jump to, like I said, I'm going to jump to women's college basketball Go for ahead. a second because you know how yep. much I love watching women's college basketball. Go ahead. Uh, your top 15, South Carolina won. No surprise there. They're still 23-0, and 0, undefeated. Undefeated. They beat UConn uh, this past weekend uh, oh, wow. by 20, I think. My goodness. Uh, UConn's ranked 15 roll. in the country, so they're 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 riding high right now. Uh, the big name, of course, in the rankings is Ohio State. The Buckeyes have moved into number two. Man, they look yeah, they looked good this year, and they, they even had that squad. upset against they Iowa. Had, 
they have a, a guard who transferred from Duke uh, ah. to Ohio State, um, and her name's blanking on me right now. But um, all I can Let remember, me get to you on that, but go ahead. Keep going. Yeah, and I, I should know this because she's one of my favorite players, and I should know this. Um, but this is the um, – oh, there it is, Celeste Taylor. Oh, I see right here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the senior guard. Yep. Um, she went from Duke to Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State. This is actually their best ranking in program history. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, to su- be I'm second. Not overall. surprised about that. Uh, and they beat Iowa. They beat Caitlin Clark the other uh, few did. weeks ago. Uh, they're meeting again, so that's going to be one heck of a showdown. Definitely have my eyes on that when Clark and the Buckeyes take on each other again. But Buckeyes are two. Stanford three. Iowa and Caitlin Clark are four. Texas 5, NC State 6, Kansas State 7, Colorado 8, UCLA 9, USC 10. There's one name missing out of that top 10, Xander. Do you know who it is? The reigning national champs. Oh. Um, is that um, LSU? Oh, LSU. I should have I I realized that. No, I LSU's blanked there for a second. not in the top 10. They, they've lost four games this year. They've. They've struggled. Yeah, that was that was surprising. Yeah. Uh, they're starting. They're starting to kind of get back into the groove, though. Yeah, slowly um, but surely. Slowly for they surely. Are, they are thirteenth in the country right now. Uh, they've got three. Let's see there. They got one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, they got five more games before the tournament. They got to play Texas A and M, Auburn, Tennessee, Georgia, Kentucky. So their hardest loss was against South Carolina, which they only lost by six. Um, so. You know, LSU is going to be a scary team come oh, yeah. uh, postseason. Never so count will be, them out. So will, so will any team inside that top ten. So all those games are going to be fun to watch. Uh, LSU is ranked 13th. Uh, I stopped at 10, but Oregon State 11, Virginia Tech 12, LSU 13, Indiana 14, UConn 15. Um, and then just to mention them, Princeton is 25. So the ladies of Princeton <laughs> are doing something right. Um, See that? Yeah. I know. So that is what to keep track of. Uh, make sure to definitely keep track of South Carolina. But the two schools you want to have your eyes on the most is going to be Ohio State and Iowa. And speaking of Iowa. Iowa basketball. Caitlin Clark, man, she is eight points away. She only needs Oof. eight. I think she – let me tell you, with eight points and the games that she has. She plays Thursday. I think that uh, we're going to see it. At home <laughs> against Michigan. Wow. <laughs> Michigan, too. Wow. All right. I feel like this – I feel like we're talking about the script here. This definitely seems like a little bit of a script. But, hey, you know what? Well, we're going to hopefully see it. I'll, my eyes will definitely be on that game. I'll probably even be watching it and uh, see here and make history. Oh, yeah. Thursday night, uh, Iowa, Michigan. I believe it is on Peacock. Oh, come on. Um, really? I'm going to find that out for us real quick just to make sure. For for literally the record, they're just going to put this game on Peacock. I know. All right. All right. Let's see. Let's see here. Um, I think you might be. I'm pretty sure you're right about yeah, that. Yeah, the Iowa games have been on Peacock all season long, um, and that's why I say that. I mean, I, I, I get why they're doing that. I mean, Peacock's trying to get a market here, so – Knowing that their team is big, you know, it's going to make them a lot of money. So let's see here. There's Michigan. What's there? What do they got going on? 
the Iowa Hawkeyes schedule. Yep, Peacock at yep. 7 Peacock. p.m. against Michigan at home. Um, like I said, it'll be something to definitely watch. Keep your eyes out for. I'll be watching. I will. My eyes will definitely be on that game too. I'm gonna hopefully, you know. It has become the most expensive women's basketball ticket of all time, apparently. I, if I remember I heard correctly, about it. That. I heard about that. It the, the tickets. Everybody are wants to see Caitlin Clark. It's insane how much ticket prices are for college women's basketball. Insane. Yeah, I mean, Clark had th- Clark had 31 against Nebraska in their loss. I mean, and here's the thing: I would love to go watch them play, but. Those man, that, those tickets. I mean, you can look. I think can't you look on ESPN right now and yeah, I can doesn't tell you how it tells, much tickets are. Tells you if they're like vivid seats or something like that. How much yeah. it is? Uh, the lowest ticket on vivid seats right now is two hundred ninety-eight dollars. Good lord. So um, yeah, I don't know no. if I'd be throwing the bank there no, uh, for know. that. Uh, fortunately. Yeah, exactly. So uh, now Clark's had played a hell of a game all year, and you know. Uh, she needs eight points to break the record now. So, you know, uh, good luck to Caitlin Clark. Hope everything goes well. Um, but uh, quickly, because we got a break right here before we start talking baseball so we can meet our time limit here. Uh, heads up, I mentioned that the uh, NASCAR was this weekend. The NBA All-Star game was this weekend. They have that uh, LED court for All-Star Saturday night. That's on. It's going to be at Lucas Oil Stadium Saturday night, and it'll be the All-Star game will be at the Indiana Pacers Arena on Sunday. Uh, the other thing, quickly, we'll talk of college football. Bill O'Brien is leaving Ohio State. He'll go to Boston College to be their head coach. Uh, they all Ohio State has actually hired their new OC. So Bill O'Brien was going to be the new offense coordinator for the Buckeyes, and he is going to go to Boston College to be their head coach. Uh, so Chip Kelly will now be the offensive coordinator at Ohio State, and then UCLA hired Deshaun Foster to be their new head coach. Uh, but that will be it for our college football section just because we have to break if we want to make sure we fit in all of our great great baseball talk oh the big past time. 30 minutes i'm ex- man let me tell you i'm excited for this next uh 30-ish minutes yeah so stay with us we will be right back this will be a short break but uh, we got to do it to make sure we meet our time so uh once again you're listening to coast to coast and stay with us there's only one place for you to get your daily dose of Missouri Tigers news, Mizzou Sports Daily. Join us as we break down the latest in the world of Mizzou athletics from Stephanie Golan's team on the pitch to Eli Drinkwitz's guys on the gridiron. Tune in weekdays from 4 to 5 on KCOU 88.1 FM. Hi, sports fanatics. We are Luca Vitalik. Ryan Walterman. And Ben Schmidt. Let us introduce you to a weekly favorite sports podcast on KCOU 88.1 FM. On Around the Wave, several guests and us provide you the most thorough Mizzou sports coverage. Also, NFL, NBA, MLB, and NHL coverage where we debate. Provide legendary lists. And give bold predictions. So join us every Thursday morning at 9 o'clock Central Time on KCOU 88.1 FM. We hope to see you there. Hey, Joey. I got some stuff you just gotta try. What is it? Pot. You know, marijuana. Oh, well, I don't know. What, chicken? 
Joey's in a jam. What should he do? Uh, okay. Get a pizza. Excellent. Get a pizza. Get real. Get you got it. Let's see if Joey's that smart. Huh? I'm not chicken. You're a turkey. He's right. Drug dealers are dorks. Don't even talk to him. Cowabunga! We're talking baseball, baseball ladies baby. and gentlemen. Finally, in the baseball. Man. How are we what? feeling, Xander? Oh, let me tell you. When, February, when the end of February comes around, I know what time it is. And this is the time where I start ramping up on my baseball team and following my team and watching uh, uh, somehow. Uh, I'll probably so don't you start next week? Um. Playing yeah. the Dodgers oh in oh Korea? Oh Isn't that next week? No, 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 no. That's March. That's March. So okay. we're just playing a normal spring training against the Dodgers back-to-back. Okay. That's it. So That's all that is. All right. Let's set the, let's set the scene. Once again, all right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to Coast to Coast. I am Trey Bettler. And I am Xander Kobold. Yes. Four for four, baby. Yes. Four. Four. Four for four. four. Let's go. All right, Thanks. so like I said, you're listening to Coast to Coast on KCOU 88.1 FM on the internet stream, or the C-stream, whatever way you want to call it. Uh, we're talking baseball for the first time of this season, and uh, Xander, we have our little list here. I figured we'd just go down this list, and if there's anything we want to bring up specifically, we can bring that up in between it. Uh, first thing we'll bring up is Yasmani Grandal. Oh, man. Going um, to the Pirates. They reached a one-year deal. Um Speaking of uh, Grandal, by the way, shout out former Padre. Um, back in 2014, was the catcher of the San Diego Padres before he was traded to the Dodgers, and um, had a great year with the Dodgers for a while, and uh, then kind of went around. and Here he is, and he kind of lay low with the White Sox. With the last White Sox, year. and yeah, I mean, I think the Pirates kind of needed another catcher, so I can see why. They kind of need more well, catching. They definitely depth. needed some catchers because they got a they got a great pitcher coming in. I mean, I mean, yeah, um, and I get it. And no, he, he has not proved himself yet. No, but, but I I believe in him. I believe in my boy Skeens. I I know you do. Um, and he's he's working his way up, and uh, he'll get there eventually. You know, possibly could be could be we we could see him as early as this year some at some point. But I think we will. I think we will. I think we'll. I think we will. He yeah. was he was one that he's the number one pick. So yeah, exactly. Uh, Grandall had a two thirty four ERA with eight home runs and thirty three RBIs in one hundred and eighteen games with the White Sox last season. So Pirates are definitely get a good 
uh, good player who can. Uh, he's a know. solid. Pow- he's a solid hits for power. I mean, yeah, so he can swing the bat. He can swing the bat. Yeah, so, it's not bad. I mean, it's it's something for him and <laughs> something for the Pirates. <laughs> Look, the Pirates need something. Uh-huh. Okay, the Pirates haven't had anything in a while. I think the last thing last time the Pirates had something was Andrew McCutcheon when yeah, he made MLB last... the Show on yeah, the cover. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that he got signed last year and he's still on the team this year. So, I mean, listen, the Pirates are definitely have some uh, veterans on this team, but they also have some great. Uh, they had some great people they called up last year, was including Henry Davis, Jason DeLay. I mean, they got a great. They have they have a good rookie team out there, and last year they had some great games. And I mean, they 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 uh, proceeded to do very well against the Padres. But to be fair, every other team does very well against my team, unfortunately. So, dude, I get it. I know how you feel. I, uh, switching <sighs> to the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, the ex Cardinals pitcher who's recently retired, uh, Adam Wainwright. Uh, Wayno. Wayno is joining uh, MLB Network as an analyst, so that'll be fun to listen to. Kind of, uh, he will work. He will make his debut opening day. MLB Network said, but he will also work the Cardinals game against the Giants at Rickwood Field in Birmingham. Oh Alabama. yeah, that's right. They're doing that series in Alabama. I forgot in, uh, about that. Yeah, on June twentieth. I think it's for uh, the. Uh, yeah, it's um, I think another special thing they're trying to do. Yep. For, so um, they're going to do that. Uh, it'll be cool to hear from Wayno. He's got a lot of you know a lot of history playing in the playing in the major leagues. Uh, he was 200 wins, 128 losses, 3.53 ERA, 18 major league seasons, uh, and he got his 200th win. Uh, in his final pitching appearance against the Brewers Absolute, on the 18th of September. Absolutely, without a doubt, Hall of Fame pitcher. Oh, 100%. Oh, my goodness. Wayno definitely deserved to be in the oh, Hall man. of Fame. Oh, he, man. The, the way in his story, too, getting up here is just unbelievable. And it, it's so great to hear. And, uh, and you know, now coming from Missouri, you know, hats out for Wayno destroying basically every single team. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, what a great career he had, and uh, hopefully he'll uh, enjoy his retirement and uh, uh, enjoy doing his uh, favorite thing he loves doing, which is baseball. Yeah, I'm going to miss seeing Wayno on the mound when I watch the Cards play. Um, but next we'll switch to the Mets. Uh, ah, it's, it's, Mets. Well, it's interesting because, you know, the Mets are in the, the Cardinals division, um, and they might uh, be losing a big-time player very, very soon. So, I had to break it to you. They aren't in the same division, but they're okay. in the same league. Well, I know they're in the National League. I didn't know they're, they're in the same no, league. No, it's different. Mets are in the uh, NL East. Okay. Cardinals yeah, 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 are in the yeah. NL Central. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So, I, ladies and gentlemen, I'm still working on my baseball uh, divisions. <laughs> I, that's, and it's okay. Listen, I I'll, lack in it. Listen, I'll be your, I'll be your baseball. Yeah, you can um, help me with that. Uh, what do you call it? Baseball encyclopedia. Uh, there you go. Xander's the encyclopedia for baseball. But, uh... Now the Mets will be. Uh, apparently, they might be losing Pete Alonso soon. Yeah, this this story has been going on like since the end of last year. Yeah, it, it it's very strange. Like I don't know what the Mets are doing. Well, they shouldn't lose him. They I mean, shouldn't lose him at all. But here we are now. Players. We're talking about it. He could they if they lose him. I I'm just saying this right now. They only have like Lindor and maybe a few other guys, young guys, Francisco Alvarez. If they lose Alonzo, I mean, I don't even know. Like, I don't know what they would do. I, I, I think the Mets wouldn't. You wouldn't even be looking at the Mets at all being good this season. Yeah, it, it, it's weird with the Mets. You know, they're, uh, 
they're all over the place, and 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 I'm thankful my team's not the Mets. No, and and I get that. And not only that, but uh, uh, Billy uh, Billy Epler actually just as of recent just got banned. Um, yeah, from I this saw entire that season um, for fabricating injuries for during the trade season, and um, it, it's very very weird situation what was going on there, and an entire baseball season just without your GM. I mean. It keeps, let me tell you, especially after the hype uh, that was surrounding the Mets last season when they had all these offseason acquisitions with Justin Verlander and, you know, Max Scherzer coming back and with the with the lineup that they had that looked absolutely dangerous, and then they just completely fall flat, and basically every single guy they got, they, they ended up trading later. So yeah, definitely a tough situation for the Mets, but... Per usual, the Mets will stay the Mets. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, we'll, we will come back to uh, power rankings. I want to get done with all the deals right. first that have been signed. Uh, so the first one out of the rest of the deals we're going to look at here is Adolis Garcia and the Rangers agreeing to a two-year deal avoiding arbitration. Man, I, I just love Adolis Garcia. and He's he, a heck of a player. He's a heck of a player, and he came, he came out of absolutely nowhere. No. I mean— a few years ago, you if you tell me who this dude is, I'm like, okay, cool, like, you so, know. So what? So so what? Is this guy going to be the next next coming of <laughs> Shohei Otani or something like that? Right. Or uh, or uh, or uh, or a uh, like Cody Bellinger or something like that? But man, um, he has uh, proven himself. Well, to say the least, he had 39 home runs and 107 RBIs last year. The previous year, he had 27 home runs and 101 RBIs. So I mean. He is, I mean, he hit, let's see here. Yeah, in the ALCS against the Astros, he was a big, he was a he huge was bat for him. tearing it up. 357 batting, five home runs, 15 RBIs. That was in the ALCS. I mean, he went deep in five consecutive postseason games, ex- including the, uh, the walk-off game one winner against the Diamondbacks in the World Series. Uh, the, I mean, unfortunately for the Rangers, he missed the final two World Series games with an oblique issue. But, you know, uh, this is huge for the Rangers. They're going to get this huge uh, emotional leader and a huge bat to get back in their dugout. Yeah, um, definitely the right decision, obviously, to resign him. You cannot let this guy go. Um, he is basically um, the probably the face of the franchise for um, uh, not, the Rangers. If not if, Seager, if, it's... If not Seager, it has to be Garcia. I mean, my oh, yeah. goodness. And... Not only that, he had that electric Game One World Series walk-off home run. That was that so much fun. That was by far the best game out of that series, and um, I enjoyed watching that. And, um, and yeah, um, definitely a great pickup there for the Rangers. Where they're they're always gonna, I think next year they gotta be contenders again. I mean, you got the same team about to get put out there. Not only that, but I think I'm pretty sure Jacob Degrom's about to come back too. Um, so so yeah. Uh, the next one is Jorge Soler and the Giants. So Mickey's got to be happy. He's got Soler on his team now. Oh yeah. Uh, Jorge Soler agrees to a three-year, forty-two million dollar deal. Uh, Soler hit uh, thirty-six home runs last season, and he made his first All-Star game appearance. Uh, I'm I'm not huge. Like I don't really know a lot about Soler. So if you have anything, yeah, to, I'll, to I'll, I can this, quickly talk about yeah. him. Yeah, Jorge Soler. I mean, just. Uh, absolute beast of a power hitter. Um, 
You may remember him when he hit that bomb in uh, Game Seven or uh, Game Seven of the World Series, or uh, it was Game Seven or Game Six. Might have been Game Six or Seven of the World Series against the Astros, where yep. he hit that one over the yeah, train yeah, yeah, tracks. Yeah. Yep. Okay. yeah, that was him. I know who you're talking about now. That was yep. him. Okay. Um, he he is he's a big power hitter. He got traded to Miami. Um, definitely, he made his All Star appearance. Um, he's only really known for power, not really a 300 type hitter. Okay. Um, but. Definitely a big bat there for the Giants, and they need something like that yeah. out of their lineup. So. They definitely did. Uh, switching from the so we went to so we went from the Pittsburgh Pirates to the Cardinals to the Mets to the Rangers to the Giants. Now we're gonna go to the Royals. Talk about their they have come up with the with a proposal of their new stadium. Um, first thought, it looks great. However. There's two issues I have with it. Well, I like the idea that it's in the Power and Light District. That's nice. What I don't like is that it's going to demolish several blocks. You're demolishing a bunch of people's small businesses. It's going to take the new stadium would take place of the former Kansas City Star Printing Press. So my people from Kansas City, uh, where the Star Printing Press is, that is where the new stadium would be, and it would cover the block from Truman Road all the way to 17th Street and McGee Street, also to Oak Street. So it covers all of that, uh, and it would have the stadium, team offices, a hotel, a residential and entertainment venue, improvements to Grand Boulevard, and a bridge connecting the stadium to a $200 million South Loop Link project, and it's going to be right next to the T-Mobile Center um, I like the idea of what they're thinking, but I don't like where it is placed, um, and I think it's a bad idea. I think they should just renovate Kaufman, um, and the Royals are, if they can get this approved, they're hoping to open the stadium by 2028. Xander, quickly, thoughts yep. on Royals? I just I don't understand what the what their problem they had with Kaufman. It's such an iconic stadium. If you really just well, the wanna... issue is is just where it's located, I, and I and it's like Arrowhead that. where there's nothing but, around. But here's the thing: is with Kansas City, is there's it's so hard to build around a city like that, and the way it's like positioned, and I I just. I, I don't know, I, and I understand why they want to do it, but you know that's why I'm saying I, I know they want to reposition it and be closer to the city because it's like maybe 10, 15 minutes outside of the city, uh, which is very awkward. But you know, um, you know, I don't necessarily have a big, big problem with it. But I, I just say if you don't want to, if you don't want to really think about leaving, and if people don't vote on it, just renovate Kaufman. I mean, that's your best stra- uh, best strategy after uh, if you do not get the vote to move it. Exactly. Uh, so there's that. We'll touch on uh, real quickly that uh, former Guardians pitcher, two-time AL Cy Young award winner, Corey Kluber, has retired. Uh, farewell, Co- Corey Kluber. Thank you for everything you did for the, for the guards, uh, or us Gardos. Thank you, but uh, uh, farewell. farewell. Um, <laughs> next. Next, uh, one thing to mention, I'll stay on the Guardians for a second because I wanted to of talk course. about this. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, so, my Gardos, their home opener, uh, by the time the first pitch has been thrown, you're going to see something really cool. Uh, a total solar eclipse will become right over the stadium uh, on our home opener on April 8th. So, what? if you go to the game, you get a total solar eclipse and baseball. 
watch it all in one. So it's going to be light outside, great baseball weather, and then completely pitch black for like three to four minutes, and then it goes back to light. It's going to be so much fun to watch. I'm going to have to watch this. But I'm going to say, yeah, just, I mean, uh, officials are expecting, uh, this is this is the crazy part. Uh, so the Great Lakes Science Center is right next to Cleveland Brown Stadium. Okay. Um, so there is that going on. So that's where they're going to be. Uh, okay. They're estimating 200,000 visitors will descend upon the city strictly to view the eclipse with 50,000 at the Great Lakes Science Center. Okay. Where NASA is setting up one of their three national broadcast hubs. Oh wow! You have to. So you have those two hundred thousand visitors, right? Right. Strictly for the eclipse. You also have to throw in the fact that there will be uh, college basketball fans still in town because the women's final four is from April fifth to the seventh, and the eighth is when the game is. Right. So you still got those fans there. On right. top of the thirty-five thousand people that will be there for the Guardians game and downtown Cleveland. So uh, you know. It's going to be a lot of. Uh, I mean, it's going to be a lot of people. It's going to be a lot of fun. I would love to be there, but I know that's not going to happen. So I'll be watching the game from. Uh, I'll be watching the game from I get- here. Um, quickly before I go into anything else, this just popped up. I wanted you to know this. Uh, Padres Manny Machado has ramped up intensity. I did in see his that. Off-season surgery, so Machado should be good to go. Come, when are you thinking? Um, come the um. Uh, Opening day? Korea, uh, yeah, Korea, no, no, Korea series. I think you should okay. probably be ready. I mean, well, hopefully by then. But if not by then, probably opening day. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Um, we'll go to power rankings real quick. Uh, there's 30 teams. My Guardians are ranked 20 first. <laughs> Your Padres are ranked 16th. You know what? I'll take that, actually. You uh, lost Juan Soto and Hader are gone. Right. Blake Snell is looking like he's going to be gone, too. Yeah, we're probably not going to re-sign him. We, we probably just don't have that money. Uh, so you lost hit, a little bit of hitting and pitching. I have the pitching, but we can't swing the bat, so we're struggling. Uh, so I'm hoping we can do somewhat, but I've already basically said that since my uh, front office won't do anything, that we're not going to do anything at all this season. Yeah, and, and then from the Padres' perspective, I mean, they went all in last year, and um, I think they went all in uh, for with their uh, with their you know owner Peter Settler, um, and th- they thought that the team I thought the team that they had out there should get them easily in the playoffs if not getting them to the World Series and that's what they were hoping and completely fell flat. To I think the problem was too many big players and big egos on the team and maybe played a part in the fact that no one was performing and uh, with Soto gone and now limiting down the talent. I'm hoping that. With the guys, the lineup that we still have is good. I mean, don't get no, me wrong. No, it is. It, it, it's still a top-tier lineup. I mean, Tatis, Machado, Bogarts, Jake Cronenworth is still in his prime. I mean, good a little bit of his prime. Zone. Don't hit into the crone zone. Don't hit, do not hit into the crone zone. Um, and, 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 and the starting pitching is still not bad. You know, you got we got still have a good old 30-year-old Yu Darvish there on the mound, and uh, Joe Musgrove still an absolute beast on the mound. So. Yeah. Uh, one one thing, one more thing is um, mm-hmm. uh, bullpen for the uh, Padres is, this year will probably be stronger than ever. Okay. Um, they bo- they bolstered it this year and um, hoping good things. And that's why I say don't sleep on the Padres this year. Yeah, that's good to know, and I'll definitely be uh, watching out for that. I know they're gonna the Padres will have a good team uh, to basically look for. Uh, like I said, Gardos have nobody to swing the bat, uh, so we're going to struggle offensively. But, you know, we have 
good infielders, uh, but the the best part is our pitching. You know, you've got you know you, you've got Bybee and uh, Bieber and Tristan McKenzie, uh, Classe if he stays with the team. So I mean, we'll also have to see if. Uh Shane Bieber's going to be on the team anymore. I don't know. We'll who find knows? out in a few weeks. Uh, we'll come opening day. We'll find out who's pitching for us. I don't know yet. Uh, moving away from power rankings, uh, congratulations to Jenny Kavnar. Oh, yeah. uh, she is going to be the very first woman in Major League history to handle primary play-by-play. So she's the first uh, female announcer, play-by-play announcer uh, for the Oakland Athletics. So uh, congratulations to Jenny Kavnar. Uh, as she will be calling play-by-play for the uh, A's this year. Uh, going over to this, there's storylines they have for each team. We'll start with you. We'll end with the guards, guards. on storylines. All right. Um, the storyline for you, and I want to, I want your opinion on this. They say, when are the reinforcements coming? So it says they still Padres are going to need a starter, at least one, maybe two, uh, and they need at least one outfielder certainly almost two and their bench is thin so if they can fill out the edges they sh- you guys should believe that you're a playoff contender but your roster isn't deep enough so what do you think you guys need to do here i think that this is one very simple thing and it's we've been taught in the potters community it's been talked about all off season if we're, we haven't been getting and a lot of it's only been a lot of pitching if we haven't been getting out there and getting a lot of big players the rookies are being called up this year, and I think we're going to see a lot of Jackson Merrill this year. I can see him on the team, and I think with these call these new rookies being called up, I can definitely see that being our uh, depth in our roster. And um, I also heard that we may be trying to get out there uh, pitching wise. We might try to get one more starter. I heard Noah Syndergaard. Noah Syndergaard is actually on that list of uh, people we're trying to go after. So, um, you know, we're still trying to look for some people in the off season, but I think the big um, story here, at least to start the season, is going to be um, the rookies and see how they're going to perform. Yeah, and so that'll be something to definitely make sure we keep your eye on um, so you know what's going on. Um, I'm going to be keeping my eye on of what's happening with, you know, Padres, but especially my guards because, you know, that's my team. So you got to gotta cheer on your team no matter yep. what. Um, so that'll be something to definitely keep an eye on. But uh, for the guards, their the headline, their storyline for them is where is the offense coming from, and that's exactly what it is. Because uh, beyond Jose Ramirez and Josh Naylor, uh, they really can't get a lot of things going. We have a lot of good minor league players, but every time we try to bring them up, they cannot contribute as well as they did in the minors in the majors. Uh, so we're kind of just trying to figure out uh, who, who's going to be able to swing the bat because our owners won't pay for any new uh new uh talent to join the team uh another quick thing is they announced today the teams that will have uh city connect jerseys nike has been doing city connect jerseys uh recently and so the the teams that have been selected this year are going to be the guardians the tigers the dodgers the twins mets phillies cardinals rays and blue jays so i'll definitely be keeping my eyes out for the guardians and cardinals jersey because uh, I always like the uh, Connect jerseys. They're always pretty cool, and I've been wanting the guards to get one, so it's cool for them to do that. Uh, quickly, the big thing about free agents, there's but there's big four. Uh, so there's big four to keep your eyes on. Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman. Of course, I think the biggest one is Cody Bellinger. He's the one who can 
changed the game the most, and if not him, it's going to be Blake Snell. You have a lot of experience with Blake Snell. Blake Snell, yep, former Cy Young pitcher just this past year. Um, great guy, can be a little inconsistent, but I love him, and I'm so sad that he probably is going to be gone. So um, whoever picks him up is definitely going to get one heck of a pitcher. Yeah, and so we'll keep an eye on those four. Uh, lastly, just to make sure everybody knows, spring training games do start next week. Pitchers and catchers report tomorrow. Um, so that'll be something to watch. First game of the schedule will be Padres-Dodgers, uh, 3:10 Eastern start on Thursday. Uh, I know you'll be watching that one, I would assume. I mean, yeah, here's the thing. I'm not big on watching spring training. I, I, I get it, but I, I kind of only watch the first few innings because it's like, okay. oh, there you go, Machado, and, you know, oh, there's Tatis, and you get to see the guys play for two innings, and then and then by the fourth inning, they're all subbed out, and the same thing for the Dodgers will probably happen. So, And it'll be interesting to see what the Dodgers, you know, bring out there, too, with Otani, and uh, maybe Yamamoto makes a start. I don't know. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll definitely have to see. But that'll probably do it for us today. Uh, I do want to explain something to all of our listeners. We are going to be starting to shift now to a bi-weekly episode schedule just because of the slowdown in football and everything going on. So we'll keep you updated with baseball news every week. But with how many games there are in the season, it's going to be kind of hard to do (laughs) a recap every day. Uh, every week, so uh, plus, you know, uh, we are students, so we also have to do. We got things. We to got take assignments care of. to do, and to make sure that we're not overworking ourselves, we're going to switch to a biweekly schedule. Uh, so we'll have to do that, and we'll have a lot of fun with that. Uh, but I hope you all keep listening. Uh, you have been listening to Coast to Coast. My name is Trey Bettler, and I am Xander Kobold. Let's go. He went five for five, five today, for five ladies today? and gentlemen. What? That was five for five, man. Oh, my goodness. boy. Let me get some knuckles on that one. Let's go. boy. So, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Coast to Coast. My name is Trey Bettler. And I'm Xander Kobold. Six for six. How about that? This is KCOU 88.1 FM, and we will see you in two weeks. Well,